I chose William Peace University because of the small class sizes. I feel that you get more one-on-one -on -one time with teachers, with class sizes like about 16 per teacher. You can really get that one-on-one -on -one help a lot of students need. A 12 to one student to faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with their Career Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu. Behind the net, it goes to Ajo. Ajo to Teravitis. Looking for Slavin, who cuts it. He scores! Jacob Slavin from his defensive position. And the Canes, 61 seconds, get the lead. Carolina, tough defense, taking the body, and they come away. Ajo over the Rangers line to Svechnikov. He scores! Andre Svechnikov snaps it past Lundqvist. And the Canes grab the early lead again. The Canes get some... Fresh players on the ice. Brady Shea. He is taken out of the play by Pavel Bushnevich. He tried to put it back on the Ranger bench. Now back the other way. Aho! He scores! Sebastian Aho! What sorcery is that? And the Canes go up 3 to 1. Superstar. And I don't need to say a word. How competitive he is. Hunger for the puck. Getting the puck first. Undresses D'Angelo. To the backhand like Cabo did to go glove on Chesterkin. And then the, oh my gosh, with elevation. A flat out NHL superstar. Sebastian Ajo. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold. Part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast, the first regular season Canes Corner Podcast of the 2021 season. I am Adam Gold. Thank you very much for spending some time with us. Once this starts on Thursday, they'll all be morning after podcast, uh, but we'll try to sprinkle in some generic ones uh, for you coming up a little bit later on. Uh, Corey Lavalette, North State Journal, Alec Campbell, 99.9 The Fan and the Canes Radio Network. Uh, we will talk all things Hurricanes with you. Uh, shouts to our sponsor, the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. They will be with us for the duration of the season. Hopefully we'll get all 56 games in, plus uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 24, 25 games uh, 26 games maybe in the uh, playoffs, uh, but the Aluminum Company of North Carolina, if it's for the exterior of your home, no better place to go than the Aluminum Company of North Carolina, aluminumcompany.com. So we're going to talk to Corey Lavalette of the North State Journal and Alec Campbell of 99.9 The Fan and the Canes Radio Network. We're going to cover uh, the roster. We're going to cover the best players. We're going to cover goaltending uh, we'll all tell you who we think key players are going to be. Uh, we'll look at the division. Uh, and then I, I, one of the things I want to talk about also is how to replace what Justin Williams brought. And it's not just the leadership. It's the moments. It's understanding the moments. Uh, so we'll talk about that uh, as well couple of uh, news and notes, if you will, before we get started. And again, the NHL starts on Wednesday, tomorrow. Uh, I guess so you'll probably be listening to this on either Wednesday or Thursday, I'm guessing, unless you're a night owl. We recorded this Tuesday night. 
Uh, three games in the NHL on Wednesday. Game number two will be Chicago playing at Tampa as the Stanley Cup champions will, I'm sure, unveil their banner. Uh, and for Hurricanes fans who get a chance to see the man himself or listen to the man himself, John Forsland. Uh, and while not going to uh, necessarily replace Doc Emmerich, because much like you can't replace Justin Williams, nobody's going to replace Doc Emmerich, uh, but John Forsland has the marquee game uh, in the opener, Tampa, Chicago. Uh, and also on Sunday, he has the marquee game with Pittsburgh, Washington. Uh, so for those of us who care, uh, it's cool to see John get that recognition. We're going to see a lot of John. He's got four games in the first uh, week, and my guess is that he's probably going to do in the neighborhood of, oh, I don't know, 70 games, maybe more, 80 games this year. Uh, a lot of frequent flyer miles for John Forslund, and he's working with Eddie Olchick and Brian Boucher uh, in the game on NBC uh, on uh, Wednesday night. Uh, so congratulations to John. Good luck there. And then next year, maybe he'll hook on with the team, but it looks like he's just going to work for NBC uh, this year. In terms of some uh, Hurricanes notes, stuff we didn't get into in the podcast, the taxi squad was uh, revealed by Carolina. Morgan Geeky is on the taxi squad which means that Jordan Martinuk will be your fourth-line center. Uh, Steven Lorenz is also there. Max McCormick, Jake Bean, who did not make uh, the uh, the top roster, and Joakim Ryan. Uh, those are, That's your taxi squad skaters. The goaltender they did not announce. Uh, that's because Alex Nedeljkovic was placed on waivers. If he clears, my guess is Nedeljkovic will go to the taxi squad and then Anton Forsberg, who was in the Carolina organization, and even played a few games for Carolina last year. Forsberg uh, was picked up off waivers from Edmonton, but my guess is that Forsberg will probably be placed back on waivers and will probably end up going back to Edmonton. So that's the, that's the taxi squad. The Canes also sent uh, the following players to Chicago of the American Hockey League, Remember, that's where Carolina's uh, top affiliation is, and they're sharing that affiliation with the Nashville Predators. Seth Jarvis, Ryan Suzuki, Stelio Matheos, Jamison Reese, uh, David Cotton uh, are there. Joey Keane is there, and uh, Maxime LeJoy, I think I spelled that or pronounced it right, uh, and he was just acquired yesterday for Clark Bishop from Ottawa. So uh, that's who's headed to the American Hockey League, uh, I don't believe uh, Carolina will send a, did send a goaltender there. I was trying to just look at prospects that are going to the AHL. Kane sent 13 players uh, to the AHL. So uh, in terms of little housekeeping things, there you go. Uh, for your edification, uh, just kind of file this away. Um, we do a morning after podcast after every game, and... Every single uh, time the Hurricanes play, we'll do a morning after podcast that evening. Uh, And if you subscribe to it, it shows up automatically in your phone. Uh, And I thank you very much. And one of the things I want to do with the podcast this year, we're going to try and make it a little bit more interactive than we have made it in the past. So we're going to try and figure out a way to take some phone calls, some some audio questions from you uh, that we can incorporate from time to time. With that said... Uh, if you subscribe to it, 
go into the ratings segment. And I'm not asking you, I don't care. Uh, well, I do. Uh, I hope you like it. If you like it, you'll give it a five-star rating. But ultimately, give us some suggestions. What do you like? What do you want to hear more of uh, in the podcast? And it, it'll help us out. Uh, so with all of that said, uh, we got a lot of things to do. Uh, so uh, let's not waste any more time and bring in Corey Lavalette from the North State Journal and Alec Campbell from 99.9 The Fan uh, because we're all ready to go. All right, let's get right to it with Corey Lavalette. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Corey Love. He is the editor-in-chief. I'm making up a title. I hope you are the editor-in-chief of the North State Journal. Alec Campbell at Alec Campbell 5 on Twitter. Stormwatch Aftermath hosts intermissions on the Hurricanes radio network. And my friend, who uh, we work uh, every day, uh, I would say side-by-side <laughs> side if it was side-by-side. Side. Uh, but it's not. There's a giant pane of glass in between us. Uh, first of all, uh, I, I mean, I'm excited for the whole thing to start just broad, uh, like we should have been doing this three months ago. Uh, but I'm glad it's here. I'm glad we're going to watch hockey. The timing's beautiful with college football, just ending and the NFL's kind of, you know, into the playoffs, but, but it's not as, there's not as much clutter out there about, you know, information and, uh, it's kind of back the way it's supposed to be with the NBA and the NHL being the two, you know, in college basketball being the, you know, the two pro sports in the college sports. There, they're all pro sports, all. Corey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> only some of the yeah. labor doesn't get yeah. paid. Some of the labor, mm-hmm. but I know you're excited. You went, you went out to the arena Friday, Alec. I did. I went to scout a broadcast location on the 100 level. That is no longer necessary because uh, we will just be back in our spot in the press box after further review. So, um, but it was cool to be there. I remember how to get there. That was that was good because <laughs> I haven't been to PNC Arena in a long time. Place looked great. I wore a heavy coat, and there was no ice yet. It was just the Wolfpack basketball court, so it was not cold. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it curious to see what the is there going to be a media is there going to be media snacks this year i don't i don't see how they could do that can they i don't think so yeah no bring your own snacks bring your own uh, yeah. checks mix parfait okay that's what i'll do <laughs> i've got some uh i actually have some sour patch kids the big kids in the uh, cupboard right now very nice, nice. I, that's I, what that pocket the pocket <laughs> on the front of your shirt you can just have one of those there exactly looking out yeah you know. Oh man, the uh, the Sour Patch Kids a very underrated part of a uh, a Chex Mix parfait. Uh, now, Corey, are you gonna? You're not gonna come all the way upstairs to the fifth floor. You're gonna be in the 100 level. I'm actually not gonna go to games until I'm vaccinated. Uh, okay, uh, just out of uh, safety for my family. I've uh, got unique circumstances here. Okay, with my wife with her her kidney transplant. Right. So, um, so yeah, I'm gonna just hunker down and kind of do like we did last year until. Uh, uh, word is that journalists, quote unquote, can uh, will be pretty high in priority once we get through this initial first phase. So I'm hoping, uh, hoping I can get a shot pretty quickly, you know, for family safety and just to kind of get back to some kind of normal. Uh, by the way, that leaves Alec, you and I out since we're not yeah, journalists. We're not, we are not journalists. <laughs> no, we are we are blowhards. But you are essential. You're essential. We're uh, we're gas bags. Yeah. Well, right. you know, as it, as it turns out, I think I might be uh, high on the priority because I'm over fifty. 
Mm, so, you. I, yes. Oh, as an old person, uh, that uh, maybe maybe I'll get the vaccine uh, quicker. Either way, uh, all I want is for everybody to be safe. Uh, if I have to FaceTime with you, Corey, to see you, that'll be enough for me. I want that's you to fine. I want you and your wife and your family to stay healthy. That's what we're that's what we're trying. We're to what nine months in now, and uh, ten months in, I guess. So, uh, yeah, Gosh. hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully soon. Yeah, and it, the truth is it doesn't look like we're going to see uh, fans. Uh, I, I, My guess is we will not see fans uh, at any home games at all during the course of the season. Maybe when we get to the playoffs uh, in mid to late May, uh, we might see some fans, but I still I don't think we're going to see it. It's uh, The vaccine isn't rolling out fast enough. Uh, let's get to some, uh, some hockey matters. Uh, I'll... Okay, Alec, you take this one first, but I, I'm not even sure we have to discuss this. So I will ask the question, and if you feel like we need, there's certain things we have to say, that's fine. Uh, to me, there are six players I am not at all concerned with. I don't have any expectations other than to be who they are. Svechnikov, Aho, Teravainen, Slavin, Pesci, Hamilton. Is there something that needs to be said about that group? Uh, somebody that needs to be better, somebody like anybody you're concerned with there, because to me, those are the six givens about this team. No, I don't think there's concern really. I think that what there is for me anyway, is that if this team is going to be better than it was last year, given the fact that they really didn't change a whole lot about the personnel is that, the Sveshnikovs and the Ajos of the world have to take another step. So, and that's, that's what I think it feels like they're banking on is that some of these younger guys continue to move forward with their progress. So uh, I'm, you know, I think there is a, a proven baseline of productivity at this point with those guys. So I'm not necessarily concerned about them, you know, stinking up the joint. But I would like to see, you know, them continue to move forward. And if they can do that, then I think that they're going to that they're going to have a really good chance to be a very good team. Yeah, I, I pretty much concur. The only the only two things that show up on my radar there at all are um, shoulders are a weird thing. Right. You want to you want to make sure once Brett Pesci takes a hit, he's OK. Um you know, I, I think that the extra time will help him with that, not having to be rushed back and potentially like playing in the playoffs last year. Um, so I think that'll be fine, but it's something that's certainly in the back of my head. And then the Dougie Hamilton contract situation, if if that doesn't go the right way, I could see that getting to be a distraction. But as far as, you know, coming out of the gate, I think I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, to me, those six guys are givens. I think they're um, if those guys do what they did last year, and I'm not saying that Dougie Hamilton uh, gets hurt uh, with 30% of the season left, and same thing with Brett Pesci, uh, but if they just produce and perform the way they performed last year, uh, that will be that will be enough because we're talking about you know the three forwards are all basically point of game guys. Um, and I think they'll all improve slightly from that. I mean, I th- think I was having a conversation. I'm trying to remember who it was with 
uh, might have been our friend Brian LeBlanc from Kane's Country, where I think that I'm going to put down Svechnikov, Aho, and Teravainen uh, for a combined 180 points. That's basically all of them at maybe maybe a shade lower, but that's basically all. Wait, uh, was it 80, 180 points? Maybe it was 170 points. It basically all uh, around a point a game because I think we're going to see Aho and Svechnikov maybe even take a slight step forward offensively, but they don't really need to. Um, if you if you're in the you know 75 to 80 point range as a player over an 82 game season, you're pretty damn good. Uh, and I think Aho and Svechnikov will probably be uh, right there or slightly above it. Um, so, but I, to me, those are the givens of the course of the season. So, with with that set aside, look, it would be great to see Svechnikov take another step forward, and maybe Aho's consistency uh, just yeah. kind of uh, uh, kind of take that next step. Maybe that's what you were getting at, Alec, because there were pockets of the season he'd go five, six games, and he'd have like one point. Um, and you'd like you'd like to see Aho be a uh, you know thirteen po- like like what he did against the Rangers with eight points in three games. You'd like to see a few stretches like that that are longer than three games, actually. Um, but let me ask Corey, give me a couple of players that you think are paramount to the team being going from good to potentially great. I think it's. The two newish guys, um, I think it's Trocek and Shea. I think if Brady Shea can play well with Brett Pesci, if one of them, I don't care which one, becomes more of an offensive threat, I think it would probably be Shea, but we know that Pesci can do that too. Um, that's that's huge. I mean, that's a top four that is tough to beat. And suddenly, any issues you might have about the third pair with Jake Gardner or, or Flurry or, or Bean go away a bit when you can play those guys. I mean, you could literally play those guys 46 minutes on the <laughs> ice if you had to. Um, so, uh, Shea, and then I think uh, I think Trocek is, if he can, he doesn't have to be a 30-goal guy, but, uh, you know, he scored, I believe, 21 goals in his last 150, 160 games. Um, that's not who he is. He can score more than that. And if he does, uh, if he scores, I don't, I don't maybe saying 20 is a bit much in a 56 game season, but if he scores at like a 20 goal pace for a normal season, I think, uh, that's just huge. That, that opens up tons and tons of potential, especially if, um, like Rod talked about today, if he's able to put Terabine and Anaho together, put Nachos and Svechnikov together, probably with Trocek in the middle of those two. Um, and it works, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's dangerous. Alec, who do you think? I mean, Trocek was my number one answer for that question. I think Shea's a good answer. Um, hopefully, you know, more time in the system, I guess, although it's not like they've played any more games or had much, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's been eight practices or whatever it is. <laughs> uh, they only played nine games in the bubble but I mean he's got to be better I think in his own end um, and then I do think there's some offense there that we can tap into for him but since Corey uh, mentioned Shea I'll just take either a 
a Zingle or a Niederreiter. I mean, I don't, you know, don't know anything that's going to happen to them, but it feels like those two dudes are ripe for a trade at some point. But if either one of them can be better than they were last year, and I think there's a chance they could be. I mean, I, I like what Niederreiter does with his game in terms of like the positions he puts mm-hmm. himself in. Yeah. But I, he, he just needs to be a more consistent scorer. Um, maybe last year was a little bit of a regression for him and he can come back a little bit. Um, and then Dzingel, I think there's more to give for him offensively as well. So I think this team has to become, I think, a more consistent finishing team. And if they can get one of those other kind of ancillary pieces to step up, then that's going to be a big boost for them. Before I give you my uh, my players, and it's going to be repetitive because uh, I think it's obvious who one of one of the most one of the I think the key players uh, is anyway. Uh, in our com- we had uh, Corey. I don't know if you heard, but we talked to Ryan Dezingle, uh today, and uh, Dezingle, I, I want Ryan to understand without because it's not my job to tell him. I want Ryan to understand that it's all about the way he goes about playing rather than trying to score and that all of those things will come from it. Um, so I, we asked, I asked him a question about putting too much pressure on himself, and Ryan kind of uh, opened up about all of it. Um, and to his credit, he recognized he didn't have a good year last year. I think he got off to a slow start scoring goals-wise, although I guess he scored twice in Florida in that ridiculous uh, early season game in Florida where I think they scored five goals in their first, I don't know, seven or eight shots. Um, But he really had a tough uh, year. Uh, And to me, it's about the way he goes about it. If he goes about it the right way and just tries to play the game rather than try and score, I think he's probably better off. I also think it'll help him be in his second year in the system Um, because it's it's very difficult in any sport uh, to come in as a free agent. And unless you're a star, and he's not a star, he's a good player, Um, but unless you're a star, it's hard to just fit in. I mean, Artemi Panarin, you don't see a lot of that. Uh, Usually it takes a year to kind of... Uh, you know, acclimate yourself to your surroundings and your teammates and a new system uh, and new expectations. And he wasn't playing top six minutes like he was with Ottawa. And oh, by the way, there's pressure to uh, to also win, which there really wasn't uh, the last couple of years in Ottawa. But let me get to why I think Vincent Trocek uh, is the number one key player. And then I'll give you my other one. I think Trocek unlocks other players. The Vincent Trocek as a center who's a pest, who's hard to play against, who wins faceoffs, who obviously has a scoring touch, and he averaged 60 points a game a year uh, from the 15-16 season through the 17-18 season, including a 75-point uh, year in uh, 17-18. That Vincent Trocek could unlock Nino Niederreiter, could get more out of Martin Natchez, could potentially get more out of Ryan Dezingle, uh, whoever's there with him. Uh, and if that Vincent Trocek can create a Nino Niederreiter who's back on his 50-point game uh, and help Natchez get to 25-goal prorated status and all of that, then you can still have a top-heavy lineup with Svechnikov, Aho, and Teravainen and a good second line 
uh, and you'd be that much better. So I think for that reason, I think Trocek is the most key player for this team being great. And the other one I think is Warren Fogle because of the way he can play. You know, it's funny. I was looking at it. Um, I thought Warren Fogle was a better player as a rookie than he was last year. But he scored twice as many points last year as his first year. And I think if Fogle played the way he played as a rookie, he might threaten to be, you know, maybe a point every other game guy. You know, prorated something in the neighborhood of 40 to 45 points. Because he's big, he's fast, he's got some scoring touch. Uh, and he can put himself in good situations. But he's got to play the way he did as a rookie. That was too inconsistent last year, and his head coach knows it. Uh, so that, to me, is like if Fogel can do that, then Fogel becomes, not to mention, he'll get paid. And he wants to get paid. That's why he's on a one-year deal. Because there was a, a major disagreement in terms of the money between Fogel's camp and uh, the team. Um, the team would have gone multi-years, but they wanted a lower number. So they gave him a little bit more money on a one-year deal, and they're basically going to tell him to earn it. Uh, if he doesn't do that, he'll be, uh, he won't be offered a contract next year, or he'll be traded. It'll be one or the other. They will not go to arbitration with Warren Fogle because they'll just walk away from whatever the award is. Um, but those are my two guys. Any it's thoughts? Any thoughts? All fair? I'm, yeah. I, I win. Yeah. I should have, fra- I should have uh, put it. Phrase it in the form of a question. Uh, one thing, one thing I will add, and this is this was insane to me, and I just was doing a little bit of stuff for uh, for like my season preview for tomorrow. I think if I remember correctly, and I, my brain's a little scrambled, I think Brady Shea and Vincent Trocheck played eight games with the Hurricanes last regular season. Yes, yeah, isn't that insane? It seems <laughs> yeah. like forever ago, <laughs> right? It, no, it does. Yeah. And then the, you add the uh, the nine total games they played in the bubble. That's yeah, it. It's crazy. Yeah. And, crazy. you know, with Adam's thought that it takes you a year to get acclimated, I mean, here we are talking about Ryan Dezingle, who's actually played a, a full year with the Hurricanes, and we have expectations for Shea and Trocheck after 17 games with the Hurricanes. All right, Alec. Uh, do you have any concerns about goaltending? <laughs> um, yes. I I do I, I do. Um I was actually just reading um on the athletic, I was reading I think it was Custance who who did a goalie tier thing that came from a bunch of uh, talent evaluators, GMs, coaches and a couple of other things and it was the the thirty two starting goaltenders and they had Peter Morazic in tier three. Uh as the 26th best starting goaltender in the league. Well, that's tier three. Uh, yeah. I can't, <laughs> can't remember. Yeah. I think there were only three tiers. Okay. Um, so they all rated him one to five and the average score from Razik was like 3.3 or something like that. Okay. Um, but I will say this. I do think that maybe sometimes we, we bash the goaltenders a little bit too much. Um, because it was a Hurricanes team that had a proclivity to give up grade-A chances. And when you look on paper and you just see average goaltending statistics in terms of a save percentage and whatever else, maybe that's pretty good given the situations that they were put in. So I do do have goaltender 
concerns just because Peter Morozik and James Reimer aren't Andre Vasilevsky. <laughs> um, they, you know, they they aren't um, some of the other upper echelon. You know, Darcy Kemper. They aren't those guys. So from that standpoint, yes, I do. And it's going to be incumbent upon the team to push the right buttons at the right time. Fortunately, they've been working with a two goaltender system now for the better part of the last, what, three seasons or so. And they've done a pretty good job with that. So I I feel, I feel maybe a little more comfortable with it than I did in the past, but I still think that it's going to be more on the team in front of them than it is going to be on them. I mean, I know that the system is such that it's aggressive and it sort of opens itself up to a lot of grade A situations, but the team's got to be better in their own end and they got to limit a few more of those, those chances this season and help those guys out a little bit. So that's kind of my overall thought on it. Also, now there's four goaltenders in the mix. What are we doing here? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not um, sure we that were, there's four in the, the mix. Last, but <laughs> no, I know. I'm I'm being a little bit sarcastic, you know. But but the last time when we were on doing this, we were talking about the three goaltender situation and how they're going to navigate all that. And uh, and now with the with the Forsberg news today, it just caught me by a, a little bit of a of a surprise. But uh, I think it's going to be interesting to watch to see how they they navigate the goaltenders just in general before, before Corey, uh, I want your thoughts on uh, the goalies. When I was looking at the taxi squad, noticeably absent was a goalie on the taxi squad. We know there's going to be a goalie on the taxi squad. My guess is, and I, they may have already done this is that Alex Nedeljkovic will be placed on waivers. uh, And he has been, he has been okay. If he clears, he'll be on the practice squad. I don't know what that means for Anton Forsberg. uh, If they send him outright to the American hockey league in Chicago, uh, but picking up Forsberg is insurance just in case a team, let's just say the New Jersey Devils, uh, and I think, Corey, you were texting, uh, you texted that to me, if the Devils, with Corey Crawford's retirement, if the Devils decided to take a flyer on Alex Nedeljkovic. That, you can only have six players on your taxi squad, if I'm not mistaken, uh, so uh, my, the way I look at it, there's already five, plus there's going to be a goalie, uh, so it'll either be Nedeljkovic or it will be Forsberg. I don't know what happens uh, with Forsberg, if Ned does clear waivers. All right, Corey, you have the floor on goaltenders. You have the crease, I, if you will. Just to touch on that, I think uh, New Jersey claimed Comrie today from Winnipeg. So I think they're done. They've got the guy that they wanted to to replace Corey Crawford as the, the number two there. Um, I think this is what it appears to be. It's we've got to put Ned on waivers, and we hope he clears. But if he doesn't, we've got Forsberg here to be a – number three guy he's you know uh, they could even try to put him on waivers again to you know save the cap hit if they wanted to um and then if ned does clear you could put forsberg back on waivers and if nobody claims him edmonton's probably going to say uh well we were going to put him on waivers and pay him his full salary he's on a one-way deal uh pay him his full, full salary in the ahl anyway so we'll just take him back and then he doesn't you know if, if nobody else claims him then uh, Edmonton's allowed to reclaim him and put him in the AHL. So I think this is just a, a fallback option for the right. Hurricanes uh, so that they're not left, you know, totally scrambling. Um, 
Uh, as for the, you know, the, the main topic of goaltenders, um, I, I think every team should go into the season worried about goaltending because it's just so weird. I mean, there there have yeah. been seasons where Carey Price Carey Price has been terrible. Um, there's injuries. There's whatever. I it, it would worry there's me COVID. every year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you see what um, Boston's doing with Yara Halak and uh, Tukarask? Are they totally staying away from each other? Completely. Completely. Well, that's what uh, James Reimer said the other day that they are. Um, you know, he's he. He talked about his relationship with Peter and how much he enjoys being around him. He's like, we really don't get to be around each other because they're trying to keep us apart. So, um, <laughs> you know, everything's being done virtually and all that. So, um, uh, goaltending is what it is. I don't think you're going to get a Vezina season out of either of these guys. You're not going to get a year where you're blown away by how well either of them plays. The goal would be that one of them or both of them are good. You know, if you can be in the top 10 of goals against for the season, I think it's a victory. I think they were 11th last year. Um, the big concern comes then in the playoffs is, you know, do you go with one guy? Do you go with two? Right. We all know you can win a, a Stanley Cup rotating goalies in and out because we saw it here. Um, but you'd like to have a guy you can ride if you can, like Tampa did, you know, did with Vasilevsky and um, you know, plenty of teams in the past have done too. But if Martin Jones can win a, a Stanley Cup, then uh, <laughs> there's no reason Peter Morosic and James Reimer can't. Um, so yes, concern always with goalies. They're just they're so weird. Uh, we don't even know what's going to happen. But um, I, I with the condensed schedule and the way things are going to be and the way you're going to need two guys, I think they're actually in an okay situation here. Yeah, I, uh, I actually don't mind their goaltending situation. I also agree that it's not it's not an elite. I, don't, I mean, I didn't see the story, so I didn't know about uh, tier one, two, and three. Um, to me, Mrazek, uh, like, I think Mrazek is better than the numbers he showed last year. Reimer's numbers were fine uh, for what you would expect out of a backup goaltender. And Alex Wright, uh, the Hurricanes give up some juicy chances uh, with the way they play. So those numbers might be a little bit depressed from how good you are. Uh, I think the, the one problem with Morazic is he gets a little excited, uh, strays from his crease at times. And uh, when he is, um, but th there's a balance with him because I think part of his, uh, part of his, I'll just use charm, is his athleticism. And you don't want to take that away because I think it makes him what he can be. Uh, he's probably never been better than he was in that game at Florida a few a couple of years ago where he made just bananas athletic saves outside of his crease. Uh, that's probably not a way to continue to uh, to excel in the league. Um, but I think his he's got a high end. And I think he's got a higher end than Reimer does. I think push comes to shove. Rod's probably going to trust him in a postseason more so than Reimer unless Reimer demands the crease. Uh, and I think James also has the mentality to simply kind of fade into the background and let Peter run. Um, I don't, I mean, I guess so did Curtis, Curtis McElhinney uh, a couple of years ago. Um, and if Mrazek isn't playing well, you know you can go to Reimer. And who knows if, uh, if Ned or if it turns out to be Forsberg, whatever, who knows if there's anything there? 
I know that there was a time where Anton Forsberg was thought to be good, like legit good. Uh, but he doesn't have uh, it, it's a tough position uh, if you lose your confidence. And I think he lost his confidence along the way. Uh, but he still has some ability, and who knows about uh, Ned? I'm not. I think what Alex said is something that we have talked about is that it's really not about the guy in goal. It's about the 18 guys who play in front of him. And if they play well in front of him, they'll be fine. They'll have enough goaltending uh, to get as far as they want to go, as far as the, the, the 18 guys in front uh, will take them. I really do. Um, th- here's a question that I'm adding. So neither of you have seen this question. I sent you both the uh, what I wanted to talk about. Uh, only un- two years ago, or after the run to the playoffs for the first time, um, they brought in like six or seven new faces. So there was a lot of turnover on a team that had uh, just an incredible second half, won 31 of their last 45 games, made it to the conference finals. There was a lot of turnover. This year, there's one new face, just one. It is a remarkable, uh, it just to me, it's absolutely amazing in this day and age, you can only have, you only have one new guy. And that's Jesper Faust, who is not the replacement for Justin Williams, but he's going to take his spot in the lineup. Um, It's not a straight replacement. But I think the interesting thing for me is not about Faust, but it's more about who replaces Williams. And I just, I think maybe the word is simply leadership, savvy, understanding. It's not Jordan. Jordan's been there. He's not replacing Williams. Who replaces Justin? I don't know that there is anybody that can. Um, that's just the truth. Now, I guess we can talk. We could talk at length about how much Justin meant uh, to the team over the last two years, particularly two seasons ago uh, when he was there for the whole thing. Um, but. I think good teams find a way to glean off of those guys and uh, remember the lessons. Now, they may not get spoken as much to the young guys as they were uh, when Justin was there because he's a vocal guy. Uh, But I don't know if there's anybody that necessarily is going to stand up in the room and and yell and shout. You know what? Andrei Svechnikov might get there one day. His English is, like, so much better now. Is it? And I could, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, Welcome I, to I, Tuesday. And uh, <laughs> yeah. he's been 47. It's because he's been hanging out with Trip on the boat in Michigan <laughs> all summer. Oh, is that um, what he's been doing? Yeah. Wow. He, and his bro- he and his brother have spent, from what I can tell from Trip's social medias, uh, <laughs> have spent a good, a good amount of time with Trip up in Michigan, hanging out, doing stuff. Beautiful. Um, I mean, I think there's a time, there's a day in the future where he he might be that guy. He has there's there's tons of personality there, just yeah. like there is with Alex Ovechkin, and um, maybe one day, not this year, but I think you just take the lessons learned from Justin and you apply them. And um, there are guys in that room that'll speak up. You know, Jordan Martin is never going to stop talking. Um, I think Brady Shea is a really vocal guy. Um, Trocek has a, a kind of a silent, he reminds me of Matt Cullen, kind of a, yeah. a, a silent tenacity. And uh, uh, so there's guys in that room, I think. Now, 
none of those guys have had, have had the experience Justin Williams has had with winning. Um, but I think I think you learn from Justin, and from there you you see you see what happens. But I, th- I think they'll be okay. I'm wondering um, if if Aho can step into that. Uh, you're talking. I think Aho's got personality too. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see. Uh, it'll be. I didn't realize uh, Svetch spent the whole summer with Trip, and now I'm, I mean, I mean, now I'm really it wasn't worried. the it wasn't the whole summer, but there were <laughs> you know there were pockets of time. Sure. <laughs> they uh, they with the sleepovers with there's hot cocoa. digging in. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure they were like staying at Trip's house, like at times. Yeah. Gosh, I I wish I had known this when I talked to Trip a week ago, uh, or two weeks ago, whatever that whenever that was. Uh, Well, you got to know that that Trip was pulling for them to claim Evgeny today. Yeah, he was on waivers. So if that's That's right, they they were together that much. Trip was probably uh, was probably in Don Waddell's ear saying, uh, "Get my." Get my fishing buddy. That that's a bummer for uh, Evgeny because I know Andre. It's a bummer for Andre. Andre was looking forward to playing against his brother eight times, including the yeah. first two games of the season. Uh, speaking of which, let's uh, let's wrap it up on the uh, the division, brand new division. I'm going to ask you for predictions uh, in the division in a second. Tampa, uh, Dallas, Columbus, Florida, Nashville, Chicago, Detroit. I personally like the fact that uh, they're going to be playing multiple games in the same city, essentially like, uh, you know, in baseball, you go and you play a three-game series. Uh, I think the NHL should do this when they go back to a normal 82-game schedule. Uh, I think when you're playing, uh, you got two games in, let's just say Canes play two games in Boston during the course of the season, play them both in uh, in a three-day span. Maybe you play them back-to-back. I don't know. Uh, Same would, day. Yeah, <laughs> double headers. Let's, let's play two. <laughs> I mean, but it, I mean, if you could, it, it would be great to lessen travel uh, for teams to do that. I mean, they're doing it out of necessity this year because it's probably healthier. Uh, but maybe they stumbled upon something uh, that actually will work out uh, for the players and the league. All right, so uh, Corey, your thoughts on the division, and then uh, give me your predictions. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of animosity that's going to build up over the course of a year, uh, especially when you have a couple teams that I think are just going to get beat to a pulp all year with uh, Detroit and Chicago. I think, you know, Chicago was probably in the bottom three of this division regardless, and then you lose your top two centers. Lucas yeah. Walmark is their second-line center right now. Yeah. Um, and I love Lucas to death. I think he's a great little player, but he's not a, <laughs> a second line center yeah. on a winning team at this point in his career. Um, so uh, I think those two teams are going to get pummeled. Um, Florida to me is such a hodgepodge and that can work out like we learned with Vegas in their first year, but uh, it just feels like a hodgepodge of just kind of pieces thrown together with no continuity, almost the opposite of what you were talking about with the Hurricanes, having everybody back. Um, Nashville is a team that's that's on a downward slope for me. They do have some young talent that I like uh, making their way up, but uh, that one feels like that's going the wrong direction too. They did, you know, did a couple things to add some guys to try to add some firepower late in free agency, but um that one feels iffy to me, and I'm not a huge John Hines guy. Uh, I think, you know, Laviolette was, is a better coach, and 
that was not an upgrade in my opinion. No. Uh, though Lobby Let does he does Lobby Let does burn bright and burn fast. No <laughs> yes. Um and uh so that leaves me with the four teams I think will make it, which is uh I think Columbus will sneak in. I think they're gonna beat out Nashville. Um for kind of the same reason I think the Hurricanes will be all right because they've got two goalies and if one of them's not working out, I think you can go to the other. Yeah. Um Dallas has some injury stuff heading into the season. They're an old team. They do have they do have some good young talent as as they showed last year, but those guys are getting up there. Uh, they did you know they they lost Corey Perry, which is you know he's a different guy than Justin Williams, but that is a, an experienced yeah. guy. They lose, um, but although he was on waivers, they could have had him back, I suppose. Um, Tampa uh, without Kucherov. I mean, yes, they get Stamkos back, but that's a guy I think is. Uh, He's uh he's on a downward trend now with all the injuries. It's just tough to see him holding on and being fully effective for a full season. Um, Tyler Johnson looks like he's going to be on the taxi squad, which is a huge win for the Hurricanes because that guy. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they might as well build a statue of him undressing Noah Hannafin. <laughs> yes, a couple <laughs> years ago. Um, he's got three hat tricks like, against Carolina. Yeah, incredibly talented team, but but they lose a lot of depth. They played a long, long time, um, and they lost some. And they, you know, they lost talent. Um, not as much as everyone expected, but when you lose Kucherov for the whole season, it, you know, Braden Point's going to see a whole lot more of guys like Jordan Stahl than he would have if Vincent Trocheck was was playing. Um, and I think I think Caroline's going to win the division. I, I do. I don't. Maybe I'm a homer. I don't no, know. I feel like. I feel like they have a chance to get off to a quick start. They're healthy. I mean, don't know of any injuries. Anybody saw one guy today, I think, had his hand taped up. But other than that, he was all smiles. Um, So I I think that I think the Hurricanes could. They're my pick. I mean, yes, I'm a homer. Whatever. I see this team. I see this team more than any other. So I guess I know more about them than I know about any other team. But. It just feels to me like this is the kind of situation that works well for them. They're gonna, they're not the type of team that generally loses to bad teams anymore, um, and they're still not going to get teams' best shot right now. Uh, and I, I think with with the questions in Tampa and Dallas with injuries and uh, and playoff hangover and things like that, um, I don't know. I think I think they're gonna I think they're gonna take it. Alec, what do you like? I did a podcast with a buddy of mine in Chicago the other day, and the first thing he said to me was that he thinks the Hurricanes are going to win the division as well. So you might be a homer, but it seems like there are other people out there who believe the same thing. It's really hard for me to to think that the Hurricanes are going to beat out Tampa, even without Kucherov. Um, They're just such a highly highly skilled talented team with a great goaltender in Andre Vasilevsky that I'll I'll say the Hurricanes finish second although I don't think it's impossible that they win the division either um I don't know if you're you're going to do uh the ceiling question later oh, Adam yes. but well, that's part but, that's actually you can fold that in here cuz I think yeah this, I mean it moves around but I, I mean, I'm just going to say, like, I think the hurricane ceiling is a Stanley cup, <laughs> honestly. Um, and I, I, I also th- wonder how 
COVID is going to affect things as well with depending on which players, you know, may have to sit out if they play games or which ones don't, you know, which teams are affected by it more. So it's kind of a weird year to predict things just because, I mean, the Hurricanes maybe have a really good team, but who knows what happens with them with COVID. You know, does do do big time players end up having to sit out for long stretches of time? You know, that kind of screw them over a little bit. Um, obviously, those things. You know, we don't know the answer to those things, but someone's going to deal with that. You know, uh, but I do think they're at the upper echelon of the division. Um, you know, I think it's really Tampa, Carolina, Dallas, Columbus are my top four teams in the division. Um, so I'll be interested. I also think like, you know, it was pointed out to me also that those teams, because one of our big concerns was, or at least for mine was, was just the lack of, of, you know, grit factor. You know, we've talked about that a lot with the hurricanes and just having watched them lose to the Bruins in the last couple of years in the playoffs it's been evident that they don't have that same kind of peskiness to their game that teams like the Bruins have. But it was pointed out to me that a lot of these teams in the division in this, in this year's central division and the West coast teams don't necessarily play that type of game. It's not as prevalent maybe as it is in Eastern, you know, East coast hockey. So maybe that, maybe that works for the hurricanes this year a little bit um, because I do think they're a highly, skilled highly talented fast-paced team um that could that can score goals and and be a fun team to watch as they have been in the last couple of years um so i i'm 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 looking forward to seeing like all the new teams and how this all shakes out you know how how, how does it how does it affect things that they play these teams so many times you know yeah. um the, the 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 two game series and stuff like that uh you know i, I think you know how does that affect goaltender rotations you know where maybe you don't have to travel the next day you're playing two games in a city i love it you know love everything you know and and you know you get one guy who 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 gets hot one night doesn't have to travel maybe he doesn't have a a big workload plays again the next night i mean there's just going to be a lot of you know ways to play this thing for different teams that uh could affect things but you know, I, I, I think the Hurricanes are a top two team in the division. I'll say that. So, Corey, before I give you my predictions, do you think the ceiling for this team is a Stanley, is a Stanley Cup or are, are they not quite there? I, I think so. I, you know, like I said earlier, if Martin Jones can lead you to a Stanley Cup, if a rookie and a cast off like Martin Gerber can, obviously a different era, but can lead you to a Stanley Cup, I think – I think it's possible. I, that that would be my ceiling too. I don't think there's any reason that they can't compete for that. And I mean, if Andre Svechnikov is everything that he seems to be, we we've just hit the tip of the iceberg. And he yeah. could he could score forty goals this year in fifty six games if he <laughs> makes makes a leap. I'm Mike not even joking. Bo- yeah. Mike Bossy, <laughs> I agree. I agree. I, I think he could. No, that's when I say like that's what you know. Can those guys take those steps forward? It's you know, like Adam mentioned, consistency maybe for Aho, where he doesn't go sixteen games without scoring a goal, or you know, Forslund always likes to say your top players 
don't go more than a game without a point. You know, so you can't have those three, four game stretches right. where he doesn't have a point. Or, or Andre Andre Svechnikov, you know, becoming like just the dude. I mean, like that dude, dude in the league. Like, like I think that's what we all think he's going to be. Right? Is that he's going to be a marquee NHL yes. star? Yep. Which which means like you're you're throwing up numbers. Like what you're talking about. You know, if those things come to fruition, like they're going to be really good. I have one I prediction. One of my predictions for Andre Svechnikov this year was uh, at least one Gordie Howe hat trick. <laughs> I hope he doesn't fight. God. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 one of the things I think is going to be the most fascinating thing to talk about over the next decade is who's the better player, Ross Misdalene or Andre Svechnikov? Because they are, as far as a one-two in the right. draft, we haven't seen too much like this. Uh, you know, other than, you know, Ovechkin, Malkin and uh, Tavares, Hedman, yeah. stuff like that. I mean, I think these two guys are Hall of Fame players. All right. I would I would put money on both of them making the Hall of Fame, given what we've seen so far. And I love uh, uh, I love Svechnikov's personality. Absolutely yeah. love. <laughs> He's fantastic. The personality. Nothing to dislike about him. Uh, no, uh, not a thing. Re- real quick, because I, I agree, and we'll get to the ceiling in a second. Chicago and Detroit, the uh, the player injury to Chicago. They, Chicago might be worse than Detroit, to be uh, to be perfectly honest. It's it's very possible they're worse than, than Detroit. I feel bad for Patrick Kane. Um, it, Nashville added, what, Eric Halla, and they re-signed, what, Marcus Gr- Grandland? Uh, I don't know. I don't understand. And they don't really, we don't know about their goaltending. Like Renee is still there and, uh, and uh, Soros, but I don't know that either of them are great. And I, again, I just don't, they've got Roman Yossi. They've got some really, really talented they've wrote Yossi and Ellis, and they've got good players and there's something wrong with that team. That's a team that probably should have blown it all up and started over. Cause they've got things that would have brought assets uh, assets back. Uh, I'm going to, I think Joel Quenville will get enough out of Florida to keep them viable. And I think it's possible if Dallas doesn't get right, if Dallas can't figure out a way to score, uh, if their goaltending goes a little bit sideways, I could see Florida catching Dallas at the bottom of the division. Um, I think Columbus is going to grind teams death. Uh, and, and that to me is those are eight games that are going to be like root canal, uh, yeah. for the hurricanes. Um, and I think they're going to wear Detroit and Chicago out because if, as long as they play with that style against, uh, those two teams and probably the same thing, uh, about Nashville, I think Columbus is ultimately the third best team, uh, in the division. Um, Tampa, to me, is still the best. They still have Hedman. Uh, they still have Braden Point. If Steven Stamkos can come back and be a good player, uh, they still have a lot of high-end. And they have those other guys that are really important, and Sorelli uh, and Goodrow and Colt. They just have so much Yanni Gore. They have so much to offer uh, as a team, and they play a gritty way anyway. Um, at least they did last year. Um, but... Just to go back to my key player, if Vincent Trocek has a gear, then Carolina can get Tampa. Um, and even if they don't, if Trocek is legit and Carolina's got 
uh, two dynamic scoring lines, then Carolina could get him in the playoffs. It's hard to repeat. It's hard to get back even to the Final Four uh, in hockey. Uh, and Carolina's as good as anybody in that division if they can come out um, to me. So it's I still pick Tampa to win. I think Carolina will finish second. Uh, but I think their ceiling is, if Trocek plays well, uh, really well, and I, and they stay relatively injury and COVID free. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think they can compete for it, and I think that's I can't wait for it to start on uh, on Thursday. Any closing thoughts, Corey Lavalette? I'm going to make a, a bold prediction. I here. love bold predictions. I think there are going to be six guys from this division in the top ten for Norris voting this year. Six. Six. Wait, Yossi, so. well, yes. Well, Yossi and Hedman. Three of them from the Hurricanes. Given. <laughs> I think you got Seth Jones, Yossi. Oh, gosh, Seth Jones. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I they, there's there's so much there. You got Heiskanen, yep. who's just dominant. You got Hedman, obviously. You've got Slavin. You've got Hamilton. You've got Ellis. Uh, just Wierenski. Uh, and, we, you know, we haven't even touched, you know, you uh, Ekblad is out there. Yeah. I don't think he's a Norris finalist, but that's a first overall pick. It is going to be so fun to see guys like Aho and Svechnikov and Jamie Ben and uh, you know all the talent that's in this division. All the guys on Tampa figure out these defenders. It's going to be the defense in this division is going to be just awesome. I, that's a great prediction. Alec, do you have a bold predic- prediction? Can you uh, can you top that as a bold prediction? No, I absolutely cannot top that. I will um, uh, I will say that my prediction of topping out at 40 minutes for this podcast will fail. <laughs> because it did. It usually does. Yep, you're really? absolutely right. Yeah. Set a, you, you set, set a number on the podcast and the amount of time we want to have it in. I guarantee you we go over every time. Corey, we went, uh, Alec and I did the morning after podcast for the game that never happened in the bubble. <laughs> we did 35 minutes on the game that didn't happen. Yeah. Isn't that like a, uh, isn't that the Lamp Chop song? Yes, it was. It was the song that doesn't end. It was. I, we just, we just, we just goofed off and rambled and it was over. Uh, look, uh, Corey, stay well. I won't see you at PNC. I'm going to be, I'll be there for the opener against Florida. Uh, on the 21st. I know Alec will, uh, but I love the way they're going to do this. Detroit, Detroit, Nashville, Nashville uh, on the road, their first four games on the road. Uh, and then they come home, I believe for six, Florida, Tampa, and Dallas uh, all come in for two game, uh, two game sets. Only the Dallas games are back to back. And that's assuming that Dallas uh, is out of quarantine by then. Because well, hopefully when I do see you, I have a haircut because that's, uh, I won't tell anybody. You guys don't have to worry about that. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You've gone with, but, uh, but yeah, it's getting a little mangy here. Well, thank you very much for doing this, Corey. Alec, I'll see you later. Uh, well, we'll do it again, right? Cool. Absolutely. Whenever. Excellent. All right, man. I'll, uh, I'll post this later. I'll talk to you guys. Thanks guys. Peace. Peace. How about Corey picking the Hurricanes to win the Central Division? Hey, look, I can see it, especially if you think about uh, what, you know, my key was Vincent Trocek 
uh, kind of unlocking uh, a Nino Niederreiter, maybe a Ryan Dezingle, uh, making Martin Natchez a better player, uh, allowing uh, that bottom six uh, to maybe pick and choose minutes. So Jordan Stahl, uh, some nights, can play 11 minutes. If the top two lines are going and they're playing 20 minutes each, you know, that those those guys are playing close to 20 minutes a night. If Ajo and Trocek are combining for 40 minutes, you only got to eat up an additional uh, 20 minutes out of the bottom two lines in terms of your center. Uh, so, you know, maybe you can get away with some nights where Jordan Stahl is only playing 11, 12 minutes. Uh, and that would be fantastic for his longevity. And I, because I think that uh, when Jordan's got a step, when he's got a jump, he's he's still a pretty good player. He's not a great, he's not a finisher, obviously, but he's still a pretty good player when he's got a little bit of a jump. Uh, so hopefully they'll be able to do that. Uh, and if you get a great year out of Vincent Trocek, I do think Carolina uh, can challenge for it all. Uh, ultimately, uh, I think they're a, uh, they're a top 10 team in this league for sure. Uh, and with a couple of breaks here and there, who knows, maybe a tweak uh, at the middle of the season where uh, they bring somebody in that they need. Hopefully they stay injury-free, which they didn't last year, of course. Uh, and uh, hopefully it works out. Uh, but either way, I think the Hurricanes are really good, and I can't wait to get it all started on Thursday uh at Detroit, they will play Thursday at Detroit, Saturday at Detroit, and then Monday and Tuesday, I believe, in Nashville. Uh, all games, of course, on 99.9 The Fan, uh, and after every game, a morning after podcast. Uh, thanks to our friends at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina for sponsoring this all along the way, aluminumcompany.com. If it's for the exterior of your home, it's at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. I am Adam Gold. Subscribe to us, give us a rating, give us five stars, and give us your suggestions because that's how we get better. Uh, and we can uh, meet your needs, the Hurricanes fan. Uh, so are you ready? Yeah, we're all ready. So let's drop the puck on the 2021 season and let's get it cranked up Thursday night. I'm Adam Gold. This is the Canes Corner Podcast. See you next time. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.